Dark waters. What other dangers are large corporations hiding? This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show for October 10th, 2020. After seeing the docudrama starring Mark Ruffalo, Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, and Bill Camp about a legal case against the chemical manufacturing giant DuPont, Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Render King Fisk, ask, what other secrets are corporations hiding? What other dangerous forever chemicals like Teflon byproduct C8, also known as PFOC, are hiding in landfills and decaying storage facilities. How long did companies like Monsanto know the long-term dangers of glossophate, the active ingredient in Roundup? How long did food companies know that high fructose corn syrup is linked to higher risks for obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and cancer? What can and should be done about the companies that hide facts about their products from the public, the FDA, and the EPA? Stay tuned. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons. Patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the show, show notes, behind the scenes action, and more. Coming soon, Patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know right away and we will pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is fedorachronicle at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at fedorachronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousineau and me, Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I wanted to talk your ear off for at least a good half an hour and talk to you about whether or not have you seen the movie Dark Waters? I haven't yet. All I've right. been wanting to see it, but life's been kind of complex this week. This is probably one of the greatest docudramas I have seen in recent years about how awful and how evil corporations are. And this is the movie Dark Waters, which was released in 2019, or at least it it should have been released in theaters uh, back in uh, December 6th, 2019. A corporate defense attorney played by Mark Ruffalo takes on an environmental lawsuit that exposes a lengthy history of pollution. And this is based on a Times Magazine, a New York Times Magazine article, The Lawyer Who Became DuPont's Worst Nightmare. And Mark Mark Ruffalo plays Bill Balot, who is still a lawyer, who represents people who have been poisoned by DuPont. And there are many aspects of this movie that just simply terrified the hell out of me. Whereas you have large corporations like DuPont, who has on retainer 
large, prestigious corporate law firms. And basically, they do nothing but fight claims filed against corporations like DuPont who have done bad things. And when this one lawyer, played by Mark Garofalo, when Bill was confronted by a farmer who lives in the, the same town that his grandmother lived in and said, people are dying in this town of West Virginia. And I live on a farm that is separated by a river that my cows drink from, from a dumping ground that DuPont has been using for these chemicals. These cows are dying from these horrible diseases and tumors and cancers. And he has a large box full of VHS cassette tapes of all the things that he had found that were wrong with his cattle. And at first, Bill Balot is not interested in taking this, this corporate case. He's not interested at all. But the more that he thinks about it and the more that he looks into it and he realizes there's something horrible going on. And it's, it's very much like the, the movie starring John Travolta, A Civil Action. Okay. Where the lawyer finds out that this large corporation, or in the case of a civil action, a small corporation, is dumping chemicals into the river and into lakes. Because they, they don't even know what to do with it. And it right. turns out the chemical that they've been dumping into the, the landfill by the river is a byproduct or, or one of the products made in the making of Teflon. They call it C8. And C8 is a, a shorter way of saying this long word I can't fucking pronounce. <laughs> and the thing is, is that this is the, the C8 molecule is, I think it's like eight, it's a, it's a, it's a molecule string where it has six carbon molecules and then a fluoride molecule at the end. And the body doesn't break these chemicals down at all. Your body does not know what to do with the C8 molecule. So it resides in your internal organs and in your skin and in your teeth. It, it, it hides out everywhere because the body doesn't know what to do with it. So it just, I guess it just stores it. It can't break it down. Right. And throughout the course of the investigation, DuPont had known for at least back in the 50s, as far back as the 50s, that this is a dangerous chemical. And they even did so much as did experiments on factory workers by giving them cigarettes to smoke laced with C8. All of them died. I think that they did this experiment on eight workers and all eight workers died of advanced lung cancer or other types of cancers. Jesus. And then they had pregnant women who worked at DuPont work in cleaning the tanks where C8 was kept. Yeah, that sounds like a smart idea. With horrible birth defects. And eventually in the end, by the end of the movie, we find out that after a lengthy investigation that went on for years, testing people's blood in the region, it, they, they had discovered that everybody in the area had levels of C8 in their bodies. And they found out that it's like it's everywhere in these people's bodies. And then they, 
then they did even further tests and then they discovered everybody has small traces of C8 in their bodies. When you say everybody, you mean everybody in the world? Everybody. I, I mean, as far as I know, everybody in the world, but most specifically, everybody in the Western world has C8 in their bodies because DuPont put up these smokestacks and C8 has been carried into the wind. Then this is this is a bigger ecological disaster than Chernobyl and that they have spent millions or billions of dollars covering this up with reckless abandon. And then there are a couple of books on this specific topic, The Health Hazard of C8, specifically Teflon. C8 is is a byproduct of making Teflon, or I think it actually is Teflon. And that if you have if you've ever had carpet that's been treated with Teflon. If you've ever owned a car where the upholstery has been treated with Teflon, if you've ever had any kind of stain resistant material, a dress shirt that is stain resistant, a tie that is stain resistant, pants and shoes that are stain resistant, that has been treated with Teflon. So this is not something that occurs in nature. See, in other words, if you have it in you, it's because you were exposed to it in some way. It just does it, not exist. In, so, in some way, shape or form. Okay. I, I think, and, and we mentioned Ted Kaczynski in, in another show. It's the show that Jay and I recorded today that's going to air literally. tomorrow. Yeah, literally. Because yeah. Jay and I made a, a passing remark reference to Ted Kaczynski. Even Ted Kaczynski had C8 in him. I'm not sure. Is Ted Kaczynski still alive or dead? I'm not exactly sure. I think he's dead. And that there are many people who have been writing about the dangers of Teflon even before Bill, I'm sorry, Rob Billot came on the scene. And the dangers of Teflon, people who said that there's something wrong about Teflon, Teflon is dangerous. Teflon is bad. And there was a huge campaign to discredit anybody who said Teflon is bad. You're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Because yeah, I wonder what that feels like. Yeah. You should just go to DuckDuckGo or go to Google and write, how bad is Teflon to the human body? And you're going to get various results, Jay. And the chemical that they are looking at specifically C8 is also known as PFAS. And the thing is, is that one of the, you look at a lot of like holistic websites and you look at a, a lot of holistic web pages. I'm going to try and pronounce this perfluorocarnotic acid. I'm sure that I'm mispronouncing that name. I'm willing, I am willing to bet a bottle of scotch or a bottle of rum that I'm I mispronounce that. Yeah. Perfluorocarbonic acid. Don't you love it when you look up something and they don't even have a pronunciation guide? Exactly. I love that. <laughs> so anyway, yes. And bad the, shit. It is We'll it, just call it the bad shit. How's that? It's 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 bad shit. Now there are some other alternatives to Teflon that we should be focused on. 
that we should we should move away from Teflon and use other products. But here's the problem. This is the thing that there, there are two aspects of this that really bothered me. C8 or PFOA will linger in the environment for literally tens of thousands of years, if not longer. There's no way to get rid of this. Second of all, corporations, especially like DuPont, were able to make their own rules back when the EPA first began, because back in the 70s, we really didn't know how bad a lot of these chemicals were. And the EPA could not focus on finding out how dangerous all these chemicals were because they had a limited budget and they were just starting out in the 70s. Mm-hmm. DuPont knew back in the 50s that this product was bad. So they were able to make their own rules on deciding of whether or not this was a carcinogen or not and how it should be handled. And a lot of these chemicals were also grandfathered in because a lot of the corporations depend on these chemicals for income, obviously. I mean, huge industries have been built around these chemicals and these products. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, what else is going on behind the scenes that corporations like DuPont, who eventually wound up admitting that they made a huge mistake and they paid the price or they're paying the price? Why people aren't in jail, I, I have no idea. Well, so here's, this is where things get needlessly complex because did they, how to, how to phrase this? Did they release a poison into the atmosphere knowing how dangerous it was and not caring of the consequences? Or did they release the poison into the air not realizing just how dangerous it was? In other words, did they have studies? Does Do we have proof that they had studies that knew anyone who gets this is going to die regardless of how they get it? Or did they say, okay, well, we know anyone who comes into direct contact with this is more is going to get cancer, but only if they come into direct contact with it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you answer me so succinctly like that. <laughs> but that's, you see what I'm saying, though? Um, I mean... I am looking at a series of articles on that very topic and on this very question. Okay, and the thing is, is, is that, and I, and I, I don't know if you can trust all of these, all of these other, um, all of the articles that have done a lot of work talking about this. Right. Now, well, see, here's here's the problem that comes in, right? And this is where my own distrust, paranoia, whatever, comes into effect and kind of sometimes can uh, cripple me, right? I don't trust the source of those articles. I don't trust the companies either, right? So I'm suspect that just because, you know, this floofy tree hugger right. says that this chemical is dangerous, that doesn't mean that they knew it was, that the company knew it was dangerous when they were using it. Right. Okay. But at the same time, I don't trust that the company knew it was dangerous and decided not to do it and just hit up the fact that they found out it was dangerous and they decided to go with something else. I don't trust the company, but I don't trust the people who are trying to get the company either. Like this lawyer, 
this lawyer suddenly out of his own good conscience decided that I'm going to go up against the big boys. It certainly couldn't be because he was going to get a huge payout. No, the way the the New York Times article um, that the movie is feel about the New York Times. Well, you you feel (laughs) you feel about the New York Times the way you feel about the New York Times. Yeah. Um, And I'm actually like trying to plow through the book. Okay. The, the one of the things that he had discovered, he being this lawyer, the lawyer, Bill okay. Billot, or I'm sorry, Rob Billot. Okay. One of the things that he had found in going through, all the, like literally boxes full of evidence, and and they show you how much boxes that they had of all these studies. You 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 know you know the size of my house the footprint the size of my house yeah okay there was an um and it's I think it's like it's I think it's twenty six by thirty eight feet I think my wife is going to mm-hmm. kill me because I don't know this off the top <laughs> of my head in an office room the size of the first floor of my house was filled up to the ceiling with. W.B. Mason sized boxes of evidence that DuPont had gathered about the dangers of C8 or as it's otherwise known as PFOA. Now I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate here because the people in the film are all known to be fairly left wing. I'm looking at the list of actors involved in it, right? So they certainly wouldn't have a vested interest in presenting it as being even worse than it was, right? Right. I mean, I, I, I read this article and granted, I know that it's from the New York Times. I know it's from the New York Times, which but leans. You also do have a thing against big corporations, too. Do I? <laughs> yes. Me? Yes. I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but yes, you do. I'll, I'll, I, I will. I will take your word for it. I'm going to send you. The, <laughs> I'm going to send you the link to this article. But then, of course, there's a lot of other articles that have substantiated the claims that DuPont knew. How oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying that, you know, the amount of data that they had presented in the documentary certainly couldn't have been conflated because of the political leanings of the people making the documentary. It's it's and also that is also reiterated in this article. I just sent you the link. Okay. The biggest problem that I had in all of this is that they they knew how bad it was. They they knew how bad it was. But because that this is a corporation that was making literally tens of billions of dollars off of this product, they just could not stop. Once the crazy train to profit town was started. There was no stopping it. And what do you do when you're a corporation and you're making a product that so many people use and the product is ubiquitous? Do you stop making the product and you say and you have a huge recall and saying, oh, my God, this product is so dangerous. You have to send it back to us because we have to dispose of it properly and run the risk of destroying the company. Or do you keep making a product that you know causes cancer and all of these horrible defects and there's just no getting rid of it? And according to this article that I had just looked at, skimmed again, they found they found this product, this chemical everywhere in the world, 
once it was picked up by the wind and it got into the water, it's everywhere. I think it's also been found in Antarctica and the Arctic Sea on both poles. Right. And that's that's where my earlier question comes in is this is not something that's found in nature. It's this is this is something that only comes from this process to create Teflon. Exactly. The answer is yeah, it is. It this this chemical does not exist in nature. It is okay. a man-made product. Okay. And it's a and I can't reiterate how dangerous this this product is. Right. Now, one of the things that I also wanted to ask is how many other products are out there that we don't know about that the corporations know is dangerous, but there hasn't been a a person like Rob Billot to actually do do the work and find out the truth. Like we know that there's a problem with a lot of plastics and off-gassing. And we know that the off-gassing is, it's, it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. Especially with people who are hypersensitive to allergens. Right. You take another product that a lot of people don't want to talk about. High fructose corn syrup is a product that is ubiquitous on the grocery shelves. It's literally in everything. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we have discovered is that the, that the body doesn't know really how to break down high fructose corn syrup the way it does natural sugar. I mean, cane sugar. Right. Right? The actual sugar that you buy by the, the by the pound. Yep. The stuff that I free line every Monday morning so I can get through the workday. Right. Yeah, I, mean, the, I mean, the powdered sugar that you do lines of before you... <laughs> <laughs> the $10,000 product problem is, it, how come corporations are able to get away with this? We know high fructose corn syrup is horrible for you. It's obviously not bad, not as bad as PFOA or C8, as it's also known. But the thing is, is that we look at obesity here in the United States and how obesity is an epidemic. The reason why obesity is such an epidemic is because... Like I had said, it's in everything. And well, oh, it's hold on, hold on. To to answer the question you're asking, right? High fructose corn syrup is ubiquitous. It's in everything, right? Right. So the obesity in the United States is traceable only to high fructose well, corn well, syrup. Well, no, no, it's a contributing factor, Jay. Right. I'm just saying we 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 can't say that. If it wasn't for high fructose corn syrup, we wouldn't have an obesity problem. It is a that's not something we can say factually. It is a huge problem in the fact that the body does not um, handle it as well as sugar. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, if we used more cane sugar and less high fructose corn syrup, we would probably be seeing a substantial shift in in obesity. This is going to sound this is going to sound absolutely totally crazy. And I understand it sounds absolutely totally crazy. But I've been on the keto diet for 4 days and I've lost 5 pounds already. Mm-hmm. I'm only eating meat, s- specific nuts, vegetables cooked in certain oils 
like avocado oil. Mm-hmm. I've cut out all sugar, all starches. Starches, is, I'm also going to get to starches in a second. All breads, all pastas, all over, and anything, anything with high fructose corn syrup. I've basically lost a pound a day since starting this this diet. I think it's. I don't think it's actually the keto diet. I think it's a, it's a Carol Fisk modified keto diet. Because Carol had said, no, no, not even that. Get rid of all of these other things too. And by simply getting rid of high, high fructose corn syrup and, and other starches like bread and pasta, I'm shedding pounds like crazy. Right. Okay. Um, I love Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. I don't love Dr. Pepper quite as much as my son or you. I think that you guys, you guys are the champions when it comes to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we bonded over that. Yeah, yeah, it's the one thing you guys have in common. Um, so the thing is, we know that high fructose corn syrup is bad. How long did the corporations know that it was bad, Jay? That's, that's the tough question. How long did they know that it was bad? Well, here's, here's another tough question for you. Um, one of the things that people who come to America from other countries, one of the things they always say is everything we eat is so sweet. Right. Right. We've, we've all heard this as Americans. If you've ever spoken to someone who came to this country from another country, they always say that. Oh, everything you eat is so sweet, so sweet, so sweet. Where do we get that taste for sweetness from? I th- it, could it be that everything is sweetened with high fructose corn syrup? Well, it's a chicken and egg question, really. Because do we have high fructose corn syrup and everything because it tastes sweet and we like the taste of sweetness? Or do we like the taste of sweetness because high fructose corn syrup was put in everything? That is a very difficult question for me to answer. And I'm not an expert on this. Right. And the truth is that a lot of a lot of people who come here and say that everything is so sweet end up liking the sweet flavor after they've had enough of it. All right. Our bodies are designed to want sweet things because it is a source of energy for our bodies and our bodies are basically meant to do things. So we like the sweet flavors. There are other flavors we also like because of the benefits that it gives us to our health, to various systems within our body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So liking sweet things is not in and of itself a bad thing. It's when your desire for that sweet taste is not moderated. So if we just eat sweet things because we like the flavor of sweet things and we don't balance it out with enough exercise or enough vitamins and minerals and things like that, all of that sweetness, all of that sugar, anything that the the toast, if you're reading ingredients, if it says fructose, lactose, anything like that, is all sugar based, right? So we are, our bodies are designed to some extent to crave and want those things because we need the energy that those things provide. So we need to moderate how much of the, those things that we eat. And that's, I think, where we fall and fail the most is we don't moderate things, all things in moderation. And we rarely moderate anything. If you can look at my what's left of my liquor cabinet from last night, you would say, yeah, you're not moderating your liquor intake. And I would just look at you and kind of go, yeah, probably. 
So this is a human thing. It doesn't matter what culture in the world you look at. There's people in general, by dint of being human beings, we like certain things. And then when we like those things, we tend to not moderate our consumption of those things. Because we have an addictive personality disorder. If a little is good, a lot must be great. Right. And it's only a disorder when it goes too far, right? Just liking sugary things is not a problem if you control it. If you don't control it, it's a problem. Then it becomes a disorder. Here's another thing that I wanted to get at here. And I had mentioned this in an earlier episode. Mm -hmm. Somebody who used to work for Monsanto had sent me a, a bunch of discs and a letter saying that he knew for a fact that glossfates, the active ingredient in Roundup, has been linked to severe cancers in certain animals and people in these developing nations because the way that they have been excessively been using it in third world countries in places that rainforests that had been clear cut for farmland because so many native species have been fighting hard to reclaim the land so that they've been using copious amounts of glossfate in these areas with these horrible side effects. And as you know, coincidentally, gluten intolerance is a huge problem here in the, the Western world, especially here in the United States. Yep. The number of people who are becoming allergic to basic staples like bread, grains, peanuts, many of these products that you, I mean, you hardly knew of anybody who had a peanut allergy 40 years ago. Right. Nobody was allergic to bread that you could think of. Well, that I could. Were they not allergic or were we not aware of that's what their allergy was? Well, once we started using Roundup all over the United States, including the world's breadbasket, the flyover states here in the United States, people started to come up with these strange system symptoms of celiac disease. People who had celiac disease all of their lives had it agitated and amplified by eating grains that were grown on land that had been treated with Roundup, a.k.a. Glossfate. So there's three examples of three products that we use extensively, a lot. I mean, Teflon, high fructose corn syrup, and Roundup, which is... Glossfate is also showing up in all of our food, even if you you try really hard to remain... um, Uh, uh, gluten-free and you do your best to buy all natural products because it gets into the groundwater and gets into everything you you can't avoid this crap you can't avoid roundup showing up in trace amounts in your food and this sort of like ties into the other episode that we recorded earlier today Mm -hmm. how come this is isn't isn't being addressed 
How come a political candidate will not go up on stage and say, look, he, here's here's the real crisis of the 21st century. These chemicals and compounds that we've been making in factories are running amok and is ruining our health. What I have done, in, and it only took me five days to get like this. I no longer have the chronic fatigue. I no longer feel lethargic. And my mental state has improved a lot. Harrison, I, I, are you busy for a second? I want to ask you. Have I been yelling at you a lot lately? And you can talk into your microphone. Okay, he's like, no, he's just shaking his head. I oh wait a minute, you're you're still in school? Oh crap, sorry. <clears throat> Way to go, Dad. Jeez, the teachers like Harrison, pay attention. And <laughs> this is trouble. But Jay, this has only been five days, and my stuttering and stamina, a, a stammer, is pretty much gone away as well. My mental state has improved because I've gotten rid of these products. I've got I've gotten rid of high fructose corn syrup and anything that any, all grains, all all bread products, all pasta products. I'm eating more naturally. Now I'm 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 wondering. Am I on to something? If if I caught on to something, am I if I I know that I've gone off the deep end on on the on the conspiracy theorist front. Mhm. Mm I've also I've also eliminated alcohol for two days. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I, I know no whisk, no whiskey, no wine, no, no scotch, no gin and tonic, no scotch. I, I think that my friends at work it's are like going, I don't even know you anymore. It's like my friends at work are going to have an intervention. Eric, you haven't had any alcohol in a couple of days. We're really starting to worry about you. <laughs> But the thing is, is that in the background, I don't know if you can hear the, the, the construction truck beeping. I used to freak out about that. I'd be like all pissed off. I'm trying to record a podcast. Guys, give me a fucking break. I'm recording a podcast. And it's like, it, it, does, it doesn't, it's annoying, but it doesn't bother me as much as I used to. And the thing is that it was just like, I'm not saying that this is the cure for world peace and how to end world hunger. I'm glad that it's not a cure for world peace. We kind of want that. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's not the cure for world peace. It's not, it's not the gateway to gate. What the fuck am I saying? It's not going to bring about world peace. It's not going to. Okay. But the, the thing is, is that my behavior has changed in just a, a few short days of getting rid of these chemicals and getting rid of these compounds. And I'm, I'm even looking even deeper. And the question I have for you is twofold. What other compounds and chemicals are hiding in our daily lives that are slowly killing us? And how come these corporations who know that their product is bad and is causing disease and causing cancer and causing all of these other health problems, how come they're not being brought to task other than the fact that they are huge campaign contributors? Well... Here's the, I, I do want to kind of caution, I do want to exercise caution in that we don't want to say that these corporations know that they cause these problems because they may not. They may not be aware of it. They may be aware that it's marginally unhealthy. They may not know the extent to which it's dangerous because science keeps progressing and our understanding of how our bodies work keeps changing, Right. For example, the food pyramid that you and I grew up with is bullshit. Um, 
the food pyramid that says you need to have a lot of grains um, in your diet. You need to have um, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. What we've learned about that is that a lot of that is absolute nonsense. You do not need to have as many grains as or the proportions of grains to um, to fruits and vegetables and meat and milk. A lot of that is inaccurate. Um, the truth is a lot of vegetables and grains have been modified over generations of selective breeding of these plants to make them actually edible for us. And some of it has been changed to make it more palatable for us. A lot of things that taste good aren't good for us. And a lot of things that are good for us don't taste good. So farmers over centuries, if not millennia, have been crossbreeding plants in order to make things that taste better so that it's better for us to eat. So we don't know the full extent of how all of that genetic manipulation over centuries has changed our plants that we eat and how it's affected our diet. So I do want to exercise caution when we go about accusing companies of doing something knowingly. Um, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying that we don't want to just say they knew it was going to do this when they may not have. Right. I don't like getting falsely accused of anything. I pretty much assume no one likes being falsely accused of anything. Um, that being said, though, if they are knowingly doing something or using a process that is harmful to us, they should be held accountable, but I don't know if held accountable means the same thing to everybody, right? Because a lot of times people will say things like, there ought to be a law or something, words to that effect. And what they're really calling for at that point is the government to come in and make changes. But does the government understand the problem enough to make the changes the right way? And frequently, no, no, they don't. So I do want to see companies held accountable if it can be proven that they were knowingly, say, poisoning people, right? But how much they knew and when they knew it, we don't know. We just don't know. Like high fructose corn syrup, they thought for years that high fructose corn syrup was actually healthy. They didn't realize it wasn't until a scientific study was done that proved it unequivocally. Right. So because I do remember back in the 80s, I believe it was the early 80s where the the miracle of science, high fructose yeah. corn syrup, it's healthier for you than sugar. Right. But how much of that was just corporate pro propaganda and how much of it was actually based in science and facts? Well, what happens when you take when you have a lot of high fructose corn syrup, you get a lot of energy. Right. And energy is a good thing to have. We need energy. We need to be able to do things. We want to be more productive at work, blah, 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 all this other kind of shit, right? So is it corporate propaganda or did they notice that, hey, if they use this, they get a lot of energy and we're noticing, look, they're getting less cavities. That equates to healthy, right? They didn't know about any of the other effects going on in our digestive tract, okay? We have to remember that without technologies like MRI machines, and 
x-rays, well, not even x-rays, more of the MRI, where we actually can see the body working. A lot of that didn't exist until the mid-70s, late-60s. So they didn't know what was going on inside. What we understood of how digestive worked, a lot of it came from a fact that a guy was gut shot and survived, and he had literally a hole in his stomach, and he worked with a doctor, and the doctor would put things in his stomach to see how much of it was digested and where in his body was being digested. Like there's a video of how your body digests or doesn't digest ramen noodles, you know? Right, exactly. Now, that is based, a lot of that is from MRI technology. They have someone eat, and then they take an MRI, and they watch the food move through a system. I had a, a study done um, 11, 12 years ago where I had to actually drink a, this, it was, it was almost like Pepto-Bismol, except it had a mildly radioactive thing in it that when I swallowed, they could actually watch it work its way through my body. And they could tell how my body was attacking that. That didn't exist in the 60s and 70s. Doctors used to prescribe smoking to people for various problems that they were having. So our medical technology changes and our understanding of how our body work, bodies work changes the more we know and the more we have these newer technologies that allow us to view our bodies in greater detail in a more healthy fashion, let's say, right? So did they knowingly, did doctors knowingly prescribe cigarettes knowing that they caused cancer? No. They noticed that, hey, you know, if you've got the doldrums, you smoke a cigarette, you get that nicotine hit, it wakes you up. And don't so forget, cigarettes. and don't forget, certain cigarettes soothe your T-zone. And here's the thing. I didn't even know hey, that dude, I... Dude, dude, get your mind out of my T-zone. What the hell's wrong with you? I had no idea that I had a T-zone until I actually like went back and read some old ads for graphic design class. And it's like, what's wrong with these ads? Why do these ads work and why don't they? It's a T-zone. Isn't that, isn't that something to do with makeup? I, 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 I don't know, Jay. I... <laughs> My, my, I stopped wearing makeup right after my glam rock days were over. I think well, that, except for that one night in Tunisia, but we won't talk about that. We don't talk about Tunisia. We don't what, and we don't talk about what happened in that Turkish prison anymore. No. Anyway, so, so I think I think what what I'm getting at, and why I wanted to do this mini episode after watching Dark Water or Dark Waters is that I had this very uncomfortable, uneasy feeling about how corporations work overtime to suppress information and how they do everything that they can to not tell the public about the dangers of their products for various reasons. And maybe even some of them are a little noble because we don't want to start a panic. We don't want to freak people out. And yet, on the other hand, when you look at these corporations that have teams of lawyers on retainer and able to pounce on somebody at a moment's notice. By the way, are you back at the airport? Are you near the airport right now? No, no. All that you're hearing in the background is construction. Okay. They're, they're preparing for winter. Okay. Out here. I th on like like I said before, I was so rudely interrupted by the background noises. And yet, on the other hand, I, I agree with you to an extent that 
they may not even know the dangers of the products that they make. They may not even know that there's a problem with, or they didn't know that there was a problem with Roundup and Glossfades until it was too late. Right. But in the case of DuPont knowing as far back as 1951 that there was a problem with Teflon and some and the and the byproduct. Um I wonder if there is anything that could be done proactively to prevent these problems from happening in the future. Because there's there could be like imagine there being a medical technology that's revolutionary and is beyond our imaginations just as mris were beyond our imaginations 60 years ago or 70 years ago are there products on the market that we just don't know how dangerous they are because we don't have the technology or the studies to find out i'm going to say yes it's almost guaranteed that we're going to find out 10 5 15 30 years down the road that this thing that we've been using all this time is actually really dangerous for us, is really bad for us. You know, um, we are going to, technology is always going to reveal new things we didn't know. That is the nature of technology. That is kind of what it does, you know. Um, we are constantly learning new things about the universe, about our bodies, about our history. There's all sorts of things that we don't know now, but we are going to learn. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that as we go through life, we are learning so much as technology allows us to learn things. Look at what we learned just from LADAR, right? The, the laser radar studies that they've been doing in Central America. We're they found out that the, 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 what is it, the Aztecs or the Incans, they had massive cities, massive cities. We're talking about cities that at the time that they were at their highest had the greatest population density of any other cities in the contemporary world at that time. And they had roads. They had essentially a highway system. We're going to learn new things all the time. And some of those things we learn are going to be things that expose things that we thought we understood in the past, but find out we really didn't. That's nature of the beast. The problem comes in is that when do you start holding someone or an entity, whether that's a person or a profession or a company, when do you start holding them accountable? How many people died of throat cancer because we thought smoking was healthy? And are those doctors who prescribed smoking, are they to be held accountable? For those people who died because they were prescribed cigarettes, like, that doesn't seem fair that you're applying something retroactively, right? No, I mean, like, look at the doctors who prescribed Fenfen back in right. the 80s or the, or the 90s, and they didn't know that this drug caused heart valve problems until it was too late. That's, an, right. that's another fine example. And, and the thing is, is that you, you didn't know how bad this product was until it was on the market for too many years. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God. And it was just but it's it, it, it's when you find out that specific corporations like DuPont knew for decades that this was a dangerous product and the, and they were caught and they were punished for it. 
And maybe maybe there's a little overreaction on my part. And I couldn't, and I still cannot help, and, I, and I've already mentioned three other examples. Yeah. Um, there are many products that are on the market that have these really grotesque side effects. What's, what's the sleep aid that Roseanne Barr took? And the next day she posted all of these crazy tweets and she wound up losing her show. I thought it was cocaine. I, 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 <laughs> I have no idea. Ambien. Ambien. Ambien is one of those pills where it was like people like people woke up uh, hours later after taking an Ambien and they have no idea how they got where they are. Like people would like wake up from an Ambien dream on the road driving and freak out. How long did they know that Ambien had these had these adverse reactions? And at what point do you can you look at a company and say you did something bad? You need to be severely punished. And it was right. and it was are they able to get away with this stuff? Are they able to get away with this stuff because? Well, because they know it or because it's found out after the fact and then they tried to hide it. Now is as you said, a somewhat noble motivation of we don't want to cause a panic is only somewhat noble because at some point people have to find out. And if it's inconvenient for you and your company, I'm sorry, but the truth is people have to know if they're doing something or taking something that might be dangerous to them or eating something that might be dangerous to them. People really need to know. So to some extent, you know, good for you not wanting to ca cause a panic or create a panic. But on the other hand, what is your plan to inform people in such a way that it doesn't cause a panic? Yeah, that is that is a very interesting question. It's another thing that I don't understand why more politicians aren't focused on this issue. And well, you know, again, if we had those if they had to wear those racing jerseys that proclaimed who their sponsors were, maybe we could get more answers. Maybe we could. Maybe we could. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Jay, I was just looking at the time, and I wondered, did I make you late for work again? Yes. All right, Jay. Holy shit, yes. <laughs> See, you, like really late. Tell your, yeah, just tell your boss. Yes, we, we were talking about the hazards and dangers of, of Tesla, Teflon. Oh, no, I'm going to tell him we were talking about the presidential debate, and he'll be like, why, did you fall asleep? Like, yes. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking jay you've been jay you, you've been in a coma for more than 35 hours <laughs> i'm sorry i was trying to be politically smart and stuff and i didn't mean it the only people who are politically smart in this instant are the people who didn't watch this debate <laughs> <laughs> And I got to be honest, I, the, the five minutes of it I saw, I saw while waiting for pizza because the pizza place had it on and the woman that owns the pizza place was watching it. And she's the entire time she's got this look on her face and she's shaking her head. Like, <laughs> How the fuck did we get end up with these idiots? <laughs> yeah. No, I did see this one meme about the, about the debate that actually made me laugh out loud. Uh, somebody had posted a, a, a clip from the end of the uh, end of the movie the fly and, and and the thing is is that there's a there's a there's a fly with the the head of a man help me help me help me no right oh my gosh so it's just, oh 
There are times and I sometimes go, do I really want to know that much about our politics? Do I really? I wish I didn't oh know. I, I wish I didn't know as much as I know now. Yeah. That's the, that's the scary part. And the thing is, is that I, I also have a couple of, I wanted to talk to you about an article from Scientific American about, uh, about this very topic. Like, how did they know when they know and how long did they hide it? And I wanted to mention that. I'm going to just going to put that in the show notes. But okay. I, think, I think it's an interesting question. I want to toss this to the listeners. What, what should we do about corporations and the executives who worked there who purposely hid the dangers of their products from the public? Right. And how do we do so without it being some sort of moral high ground grandstanding that really doesn't mean anything? And make words, sure, yeah. And, and make sure. Be responsible about it. And make sure that it's not more of a um, high tech lynch mob or anti-science crusade. Right. I know you got to let go to work, Jay, and I'm going to let you go. Yep. All right. Have a good one, Eric. Thank you. You too, buddy. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page patreon.com slash fedora chronicles for a mere dollar a month you get early access to the podcast updates on what we're doing and for five dollars a month you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice terms and conditions apply thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing you can also support the show and show off your incredible impeccable taste by buying our merch at Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright the Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.